Portside thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the Grange Point Four. This is Control. We are radio. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Sits and saves your tune to the guard frequency. As all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 99 and was recorded on Friday, December 4th and made available for download Tuesday, December 8th over at guardfrequency.com. I'm Tony. I'm Lennon. And I'm Jeff. Well, what have we got this week, Jeff? Well, in this week, we decided to open up the phone line so that we're skipping our squawk box and nugget segments and letting you join in on a conversation right from the start. But fear not, for those of you who weren't able to call in, we're still going to tune into the feedback loop at the end of the show and catch you up on everything you had to say. Sits and Sibs, you can help us bring you more of the show you love by visiting our website, guardfrequency.com, and clicking on the Patreon button. For the low, low price of $1.25 per episode, you can become a backer and get access to the unedited recordings of the show a whole three days before our Tuesday release. Of course, we're happy to share our labour of love with you each week, free of charge, but it's nice to get the occasional concrete reminder that the folks out there in the verse love listening to the show as much as we love making it. We want to thank the folks who've already chipped in, and we hope you consider making a regular contribution, because the more support we get, the better show we can make. We also want to take a moment and let you know our schedule for the next couple of weeks. Next week not only marks our two-year anniversary, but also our 100th show. Ben, First First Problem Sanders, and The Shiv have been cooking up a little something special for y'all, so be sure to catch our 100th episode releasing Tuesday, December 15th. Now, as you all know, we're shifting our format slightly to bring you news from other games and make Guard Frequency truly the best damn space sim podcast ever. And unfortunately, someone went and inconsiderately scheduled Christmas Day right on top of our usual Friday night recording sessions for what would be episode 102. So rather than only getting one episode of the new format right under our belt before taking a break for Christmas, we decided to postpone the launch of the expanded Guard Frequency until after the new year. Our first episode, that's 101, will be recorded on Friday, January 1st, 2016 at our usual 11 p.m. Central, 5 a.m. GMT time slot, and then made available for download Tuesday. And as this will be the very last show before our Christmas break, we want to take the opportunity to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and a very prosperous New Year. And that takes care of the housekeeping, so let's get on to the show and see what's coming through the phone line. Always reporting. So the first call that we got on the line is a gentleman by the name of Titus Krager. Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. Got done with work and was able to get here just in time for your show. Well, as you as you can see, there's a huge line ahead of you. So yeah, yeah. yeah I'm wondering how uh, how much I was I was I was wondering how much time I was going to be able to actually a lot for all the things I'd like to talk to you guys about. Well, we're going to go ahead and just open up the floor to you. So uh, have at it, man. The floor's yours. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with something dear to my heart, which is the Avenger. Mm. And I did not still have the opportunity to look at this video that you guys were talking about. I think it was in episode 97, which was uh, regarding the video of it doing the uh, pod capture. Right, yes, it uh, yeah. swept over like an ejected escape pod, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, the the initial backstory on the Avengers is that it was a police vehicle, and when you think about it today, I don't 
see. I mean, there are two-man uh, crews on, on state troopers and police officers, but most of those units only have one officer in it. So for the Avenger to be in that video showcasing what it can do, that I think that was just right up its alley. I don't think it was a wrong call for, for CIG to do that. No, it's not a bad idea, but it's just the, the mechanics of... Of a, of a search and rescue vehicle versus a sort of cuff them and stuff them prisoner transport. You know, it just it just seemed you know like an, it was another variant, I think, maybe that they had in mind rather than something that would be sold as a typical Avenger. Don't get me wrong, I like it when you can do as many th- different things as you want to with one ship. I think part of our, or at least my, objection to having that kind of role is that it's just the concept of a variant, like. This, if you want to do this in Avenger, you have to buy this model of Avenger. Otherwise, you can't fit this particular thing into it. It doesn't have a bay large enough to accommodate that kind of play. If I was to come back at you with a retort with uh, with regards variants, 1942 or World War II, those Germans could not come up with enough different ways to recreate or, or add on or upgrade or repurpose the uh, Messerschmitt 109. And that yeah. G, the G10, was hellaciously popular until it got upgraded to or until they came out with a K. And having lots of variants uh, in the real world is expensive and time-consuming. And every time you want to do something different with uh, an airplane, you have to basically you know go through the whole works again. I mean, there's a reason why there's letter suffixes on not only the old style Messerschmitts, but the F-14, the F-15, the F-16. Every time you you change the plumbing, you got to... The F-18 is probably the best example because the difference between the EF Super Hornets and the ABCD Hornets is basically... It's almost night and day, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the real world, that's one issue. But as, as a game, right, for it to be a game, you want it to be as much paper doll as possible, right? They'll give you the outline, and then you can hang as many different things on it as you want to. I don't want to have to buy a new paper doll because this paper doll won't let me hang these things on it. You know, if, if I'm going to buy an Avenger paper doll, I want to be able to hang anything Avenger-ish on there. I don't want to have to buy a new Avenger paper doll because I want, you know, that kind of Avenger can do this, but my kind of Avenger can't. I, I think that that's, that's too much. I think that that's too much marketing segmentation that kind of thing it's it's you know and it's a choice well you just touched on the very thing that that needs to be addressed is that it is a marketing thing even in real world (laughs) it was a my it was a marketing ploy can be i could actually modify the existing frame or how about if i just ask for a bigger sale price and come up in 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 gut and recreate the whole thing all together in the real world uh, it's a lot of it's the laws of physics and engineering you know you you need more fuel you, you've got to have a bigger wing tank it means you have to have a bigger wing i mean there are some of those trade-offs but you know in the in the hand wavium world of, of gameplay you know you just change a number in the database and it can carry more fuel our citizen may blur those lines a little bit with as, with as much physical realism as they're trying to get into it but bottom line you know it's a design goal, or it's a design choice influenced by marketing. I'm going to go back to your police analogy here real quick, because to me, the Avenger is more of an interdictor uh, pursuit kind of class. And, and, and if you've ever played the games for Needs for Speed, for example, 
Oh, the Lambo uh, police pursuit car will only fit one person, whereas a regular police cruiser like a Cutlass uh, police, for example, would be your standard police variant where you would, you know, do this kind of escape pod thing. The problem with the Avengers is such a small, fast craft that it almost breaks the bonds of uh, believability when you start sucking in <laughs> well, I mean, ever since it's always had that that storage area in the back there that had the uh, prisoner hold, the four prisoner hold spot. You had to step up to do that. There's all kinds of belly space there that I could see one. I'm not I'm not saying like a whole bunch, but one one pod. You're able to abduct the guy. Or I didn't think that the Avenger was all that fast, though. I've been able to play the game a couple times and. I thought the 230 was as fast as it could go. Other ships were able to go way faster than it. So, well, I I'm not sure what the new very the standard one. No, it's it's just a it it's not that fast. And don't forget that making a lot of changes to the flight model as far as what quote the fastest will be. It's going to be a lot more physics based. You know, mass and and thruster size and that kind of stuff. Right. Exactly. Uh, so the, 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 those things are all going to be changing too. So. You know, it, it, when it comes down to it, it's it's a design choice between the gameplay and the marketing, and then it comes down to opportunity cost. You know, for a larger ship, there's not as much opportunity cost. If you wanted to have a rescue bay and a torpedo bay, sure, it's a gigantic ship. You got two bays, why not? But it, on a smaller ship, if you want to have, a, like you were saying, a single rescue pod, okay, that's fine. But all of a sudden, you don't have power for guns now because you've got to have a tractor beam in the bay and, and you need life support or whatever. So I, I think as long as that's handled well, as long as that's handled appropriately, and as long as we don't get tied down to, oh, too bad you can't have that kind of a thing because you don't have the right kind of variant, sorry, resell that variant back and buy this one. Well, why would you need a resell? You could always just get another Oh, oh, someone's got, you know, oh, look at Mr. Moneybags here. Pay to win. Ooh. <laughs> okay. oh, pay to I'm win. Sorry. I'm sorry. That would sorry. probably be the sorry. only level of pay to win would be I have enough money to go ahead and buy all the ships. All right, so we, we've beaten variants to death. Uh, let's give you one more crack of the apple. What do you? What, what else? How about the um, the uh, a recent one, which was the remodel of the thrust vectoring? Oh, yeah, we talked a little bit about that uh, show or two ago, yeah. When we're talking about, like... A ship like the, the whole series. Mm-hmm. I don't see it logical to have shunting come uh, from those big engines all the way in the back, especially if you're with load, or you're extended. Oh, I and see. Then, about. And then, and then having shunting all the way like in the back. What I would like to see, I'm hoping that somebody in CIG is listening to this, is I even came up with a, a nickname for it. You could call it a blossom which would be, you know, how uh, commercial jets, how they do their primary braking when they're landing. Oh, thrust reversers, yeah. Yep, thrust reversers. So mm-hmm. you do the same thing with the ends of those uh, those engines on the back and redirect the thrust out ports off the sides of those engines and hitting full, full force, you'd have some serious flamage coming off the tail end of that thing. It would look cool. And yeah. it would be a little bit more on the realistic side. I think it would lend to other physics abilities for somebody who might be under attack and how he could maneuver his hauler in such a way that he could be defensive and still be able to put guns on on target 
for self-defense, stuff like that. Yeah, that's not, that's not a bad idea. I mean, it, it may be too late, <laughs> to, to put it bluntly. Uh, it may be, questions. yeah. I yeah. mean, we've seen the concept. I don't know if... One of our major questions we had was, how long has this been in the works? And uh, we got the answer sort of off-air and on further research that this they've been doing the groundwork on this since May. So the concept of that whole thrust shunting thing is pretty far advanced. Now, there's no reason why they couldn't just shunt the thrust along the nacelle. I mean, like you're saying, sort of, just, you know, just instead of uh, having, like you say, like a, a flower pedal thrust reverser thing open up, they could always just port the thrust somewhere else on the engine and have that right. be the point of, of where it ejects. Um, so they could they certainly do a version of that but i see i do see your point how it'd be silly to pipe the entire length of the spindle arm from one end of a whole e to the other end of the whole e to the nose and that's where you get your thrust from that would be well i mean especially if they're going to incorporate the physics it's it just would not logistically be feasible if you're under load and say that you have for the sake of argument nothing but however many containers that thing can handle mm-hmm. full of lead your mass is through it's astronomical sure, yeah, it's- so trying to have like four little ports on the nose of that thing to try to stop it just would it just doesn't make sense do you think that that's actually done purposely do they want the feel of like trying to stop a big rig if you see what i mean by having little on the front to be able to actually control it you know if you start careering down you've got to think way ahead of time oh i'm going to need to stop there therefore i should actually start breaking for want of a better term now well that's the whole thing as much power as my tractor has to pull my load i need to have as much braking power as i'm able to pull do you understand what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it has to actually be more because in an emergency stop i can stop faster than it takes me to accelerate with load so yes, you have to think ahead. With their physics engine, and if all they're going to do is rely on ports on the nose of that hauler, not going to be enough. You have too much mass. Empty, you're going to be fine. You're going to be stopping and starting on on a dime. Yeah, and, and let's not let's not forget that if this were you know if we were really being true to space, what would actually happen is it would just rotate 180 degrees on its longitudinal axis and use its main thrusters as brakes. But that wouldn't fit in with the rest of the sort of aesthetics of of the game, the World War II fighter pilot type stuff. And I understand. But for us truckers, we would definitely like to see a little bit more leeway when it comes to braking those engine, uh, braking or stopping or being able Mm -hmm. to slow down or letting our momentum carry us through. Say, and this is something I thought was so stupid, the only thing that I can do as a hauler or defense is try to tr- uh, rely on what the holy has three auto turrets. They're mm-hmm. not all that big or running. Well, right. if I'm already trying to accelerate and somebody can get in front of me and negate my Q drive, yeah, I'm sorry. There's a reason why you see those big, huge whopping bumpers on the front of our trucks. <laughs> it takes ten stopped vehicles <laughs> to stop us when we haven't hit our brakes. In an accident, yeah. I would want to be able to just plow right through somebody. Hey, you want to try to stop my Q drive? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to go ahead and hit the next gear and push you yeah. out of my way. 
Yeah. Oh, I, I, that's an excellent point. I do like that, but there should be a huge risk to doing something like that in your ship. Caterpillar versus a hull E, I would think that the Caterpillar should lose a ramming contest and lose badly. I think you're right. The ability to interrupt the quantum drive is actually a little bit weird with how they've got it, because I've always considered it to be on a with the ships having a similar scale. Do you think that this means that an Aurora could stop a Bengal? That's the whole thing. No small ship should they be could able to. interrupt it, but if you have, once again, just like real life, you're in a ship, you can throw those safeties off with all the automatic stuff that keeps it from plowing into little things or other immovable objects, and the captain can be stupid enough or intelligent enough, especially with the situation that we're talking about, and turn off those safeties, keep on going with the Q, uh, Q drive uh, procedures, and keep going. When the system wants to take an object, oh, this is in the way, we're going to automatically shut down, you turn that off. That's what CIG needs to let us be able to do. No, we need to have that option to turn that off. All right, well, uh, that you get the last word, sir, so well done. Well done. I appreciate your calling. Thank you for the time, guys. All right, well, thanks, Titus. Appreciate it. Now, we just had the one caller tonight, but we decided that in recognition of his uh, brilliant volunteering of uh, stepping into Shiv's place with with his anniversary, Skiffy, uh, one of our audio engineers over on Priority One, who is also an avid Star Citizen fan, He's going to join us and talk about the uh, the PTU and all the recent uh, goings-on that we have there. So, uh, Lennon, why don't you do the honors of welcoming Skiffy in your official British way? I will do. So, the next caller that we've got is a gentleman by the name of Skiffy. He somewhat filling in for the Shiv as uh, it's apparently the Shiv's wedding anniversary today. And so he's off doing wedding anniversary type things, which, knowing the ship, he should be free by now, surely. But anyway, uh, Skiffy has volunteered to take his place and has joined us in the chat room. Uh, Skiffy, how's life? Life is good. Thanks for having me, guys. And I, I suppose we should say congratulations to the Shiv. Yes, congratulations to the Shiv, even though uh, he uses the excuse to duck out. Yeah, I think it's. I think it should be more congratulations to Mrs. Shiv, because, you know... <laughs> Uh, this is so slow hanging fruit. I'm going to do it anyway. Or Go condolences. On. Yay. It's <laughs> uh, just too easy. <laughs> well, yeah, again, thanks for thanks for having me. And yeah, I've been lucky enough to have been part of the 2.0 PTU since the very first batch, which has been awesome. Uh, kind of awesome. It's been a pretty rough road, as you guys probably know. Mm-hmm. This has been a frequent iteration thing, almost kind of a nightly build situation, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, they, they made the announcement uh, during the anniversary live stream, and I think um, it hasn't been quite every night, but they've been doing uh, pretty much every weeknight they've been pushing out a build to PTU. And uh, with just about every inter- iteration, they've been adding more citizens. I think we just got an email that they're adding even more now, tonight as we record this. But we're up to the letter H, release build H. 2.0 H in the preparation previous build, yeah, preparation. They, they they prepared it all day <laughs> today. Preparation H, and now it's being applied as it should be. <laughs> well, we can do with that. <laughs> How would you say it was on the whole? Well, it, it was released to the VD store, so <laughs> uh, so H because I because H just came out today. I have not had a chance to play it yet. It's uh, literally came out just about a, two hours ago. It's 20 gigs for me, so it's going to take a little while for me to get patched up. But uh, I can talk about G, which has been out for a couple days, and that is the one that fixed a lot of the stability issues. With uh, letters A through F, it was it, there were server issues. Uh, every time you try to get in a server, the servers were crashing. It wasn't necessarily client yeah. issues. 
you know, Lennon's been advocating for nightly builds, right? He's been advocating for frequent bit. iterations, frequent patches that people can play with and break, and that the developers can say, ah, this is, okay, prioritize the list of things that are really problematic, and let's let's not nail those bugs down. Give us kind of your impression of the evolution. Uh, yeah, so the, the first iteration came out, and it was... For all intents and purposes, I could not get in at all. I, I think I maybe I was able to log into my hangar. I was able to get Arena Commander to run with my with the revamped Connie, and that was cool. But I was never at any point able to get into the Crusader map. It just the servers would crash every single time I'd get into that uh, elevator. And uh, you know, I I have to hand it to CIG. I, I know you've been advocating for nightly builds, and this is basically a version of that. Uh, and not everybody, uh, clearly, not everybody has access to this. But I think CIG did it right because they what they did for the first few builds was they turned and invited people that were heavily active on the issue council. So people that had already been known for contributing bug reports and, and contribu contributing positive things and people that you know, knew how to write proper error reports, that kind of thing. Uh, they didn't, as far as I know, they didn't just invite, you know, the first, you know, thousand people they saw. And I think that helped them a lot in being able to get accurate reports, track down the issues and, and make corrections nightly. I mean, literally nightly for a couple of weeks. And... A and B were pretty rough. I think it was probably C where I was finally able to get into the Crusader map for a, a 20, 30 minutes at a time. It, it wouldn't last much longer than that per session. And uh, the trouble was always just getting in. Once you were in, it seemed like you could stick around for a while. But getting in, get, actually getting in your elevator and and trying to get the map to load was the hard part. It was trying to get connected to the, um, what do they call it, the instance manager? Generic instance manager, Jim. Yeah, 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 that's it. Uh, they were having some serious issues with that. I, I don't really remember each iteration of what they, they fixed. Uh, quite a few of them were just really trying to lock down that server crash bug. So it was a lot of behind-the-scenes fixes. It wasn't like they were adding content. But uh, I do know at one point in the F build, when they pushed the F build, it, it had no fixes to it other than to enable server logging, some serious server logging. And they were saying that every time the server crashed with, with this F build, they were generating two, three, four gigabytes worth of logs per crash. And once G came out, they had, they had finally pinpointed the issue. And now you can actually get in pretty reliably. Sometimes the servers are slammed due to a lot of people. I've had a few timeouts, uh, but with G, it's been fairly stable. But my internet connection is, while it's not very fast, it is very uh, stable and it's, uh, it's got a very good ping rate. I've usually got a ping rate of 20 to 25. So I don't usually have server timeouts for that reason. I know, Jeff, you deal with something that's quite a lot higher than that, so that that could be an issue that they'll have to address. As far as the actual content, uh, once G came out, I mean, Crusader's pretty cool. I mean, what you can do, I mean, it, it's exactly what we've been dreaming of, it's exactly what we've been hoping for, and it's exactly why we've all contributed money towards this project. I mean, you, you literally can, you know, request a ship, walk out to the landing bay. We've all seen it in the live streams that they produce. And, you know, hop in a multi-crew ship, go out and find some pirates, take them out, board a um, satellite and fix it, you know, repair it. Uh, it I, I think I saw on Reddit people were saying that being a space cable guy is, is not as easy as it looks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it's incredibly fun. The one thing I actually haven't done yet is gone to the uh, first-person shooter arenas. I, I just, uh, I've been too fascinated with 
you know, flying the Connie and just quantum traveling to all these different places. I really enjoy visiting the repair station. I, I think it's just a lot of fun to watch the uh, drones come out and actually fix your ship. It's it's just kind of cool to watch. I had pretty much the same. I took a passenger with me today. It was kind of cool to have one of the thing. One of the problems I have with is I'm not sure how you tell it's your ship or not because uh, I called up my Connie and I walked out. I knew it was there and I walked out to it and this guy just jumped on the ramp and rode up with me and you know I got in my pilot chair and took off and he was there the whole. T- <laughs> he was there for the whole ride. Um, I have no idea who it was. So it was a stranger. It wasn't like you invited your buddy along. Right. It was a complete stranger. There's, there doesn't seem to be any lockout or an invite system to it. Well, Skivvy, I think you were telling me uh, when you first did it, uh, you you called one up and then someone walked out ahead of you and just took it. Well, kind of. I, I've had a couple of ships stolen. Uh, I, I had a... Okay. The, the instance you're referring to was it was actually quite funny. And there's there's been some very creative... Uh, emergent trolling that has happened but i requested one of the first times i requested a connie on the platform i walked out to it i I took my time which was my mistake uh (laughs) and i I walked out to it i was looking at walking around the outside and all of a sudden somebody in an aurora flew down underneath the neck of my landed connie and then uh used their thrusters to force my connie to float away off the platform so there i was standing on the platform watching my own ship float away (laughs) (laughs) Nice. <laughs> uh, so I decided to go back, run back inside real fast, request my retaliator, boarded that, uh, found him, and just smacked him with my retaliator, <laughs> which uh, destroyed him and did some serious damage to my retaliator. But then I was able to go to the repair station and watch those cool bots again. Um, but it had a happy ending. It did have a happy ending. There's been a couple other times. The Connies are very popular uh, for people that don't have access to them yet. Uh, anytime you leave your Connie, somebody will typically come around and try to steal it <laughs> and there's there's no right now you know obviously it's ptu and there's there's no security they haven't put the security systems or safeguards in place to prevent theft um, I, I want a red key you know uh rfid or something yeah uh, they, they've said it's going to be a lot more difficult or a lot more challenging to steal ships when this actually launches in the final iteration but for now it's just you, you can request your ship as many times as you want there's no insurance claims or anything like that yet right yeah so which it's just, is fine There's no persistence whatsoever, in fact. They're still working on that. Okay, so basically what you're saying, Skiffy, is that all the videos and things that we've seen over the past few months are are not lies. They're all true. You can actually do the things that they demoed in all the the videos. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing... um, There's a few things still missing from the PTU that they're planning to add before it goes to live. Um, I haven't seen a Million Mile High Club yet. I haven't seen uh, a couple other things, but they're it's it's all there it's all there are no lies that we've seen there's no deception there are technical issues there's some still some technical oh. hurdles they have to get around but yeah it's as far as content they've been working very hard and you'll see that as soon as you're able to step into that universe i have to agree it's it's everything that we've odd over on the live stream and we go yeah that's going to be so cool I tell you, the quantum drive kind of thing is is almost scary. I, you wonder if you're going to leap out of your, you're going to go faster than your ship is, and you're going to be out in the space. But uh, no, it seems to work pretty well. I have had a couple instances where I was on somebody else's ship, they quantum drived, and I would fall through the floor, and that's not a very good feeling because you can't really go anywhere. <laughs> That would be bad, yes. So when you say you fell through the floor, like was that literally in quantum or they took off in quantum and you were like left behind just hanging? I was on a retaliator. The retaliators had this uh, persisting bug where the floor in the retaliator is not always stable. You just fall through it 
all the time, it, but it hasn't been consistent for me. Sometimes I'm able to walk on the floor. Most of the time I fall through. So I was in a retaliator, somebody else's retaliator. They took off in quantum drive and I was walking around at the back and I hit a non-clip spot and just fell right through. Right. Uh, okay. The fidelity of the of the universe is very well. I mean, I don't think I'll lose anything if I found my video card settings a little. It's so nicely done. You're, you're absolutely right. The art, the textures, the fidelity is, is just stunning. It really is. They've done a great job. And uh, there's still a few things that I think they need to go through and maybe, you know, tweak up the poly counts. There's probably some assets that are using too many polys. I can see a significant frame rate drop when certain ships are around, but uh, th they'll get to that. I, the I'm still working out on some of the navigational bits and stuff, but, you know, all in all, it's I'm very impressed. While we got you in a smiley, happy mood, Jeff, let's talk about the numbers. Let's talk about the, the, the nuts and bolts, nickels and dimes. Okay. Well, as of this broadcast, uh, we've raised dollars would that be our crowdfunding update for December 4th, 2015? That would be our crowdfunding update. <laughs> Total star citizens right now is 1,067,449. UEE fleet consists of 834,946. What's interesting is that the funds per star citizen, which means a lot of this money generated has been repeat users, from $91 per star citizen to $93. That uh, is a pretty significant jump. The, the other thing I'd like to point out is the number of ships per star citizen went up. I think that was hovering at 0.74, an average of 0.74 ships per citizen. Now it's at 0.78. That's correct. One of my predictions is I think we might see the Prowler before the end of the year. And okay. uh, they've got that freelancer revamp that they teased. Yes. In, uh, yeah, and I, I think that's going to bring some sales to the freelancer line. The, I think it's very interesting that the anniversary sale, I made a spreadsheet just to kind of track um, kind of who was buying what during each day of the, uh, of the sale. And, uh, you know, the, the number of people buying ships was pretty even across the board. Uh, I think the during the day that the racing ships were live, it had the least number of purchases, uh, about 10% of the people versus the rest. But everything else was pretty evenly spread. But CIG made... Uh, $5.1 million during the 13-day sale. Originally supposed to be a 12-day sale. They extended it a day. They had a citizen increase of 15288 and they had a fleet increase of 48808 And I thought it was also really interesting that just about every ship was made available again in some capacity. Some were locked into a, a package, but you were able to get a an Idris if you really wanted it. You were able to get a Glive if you really wanted it. Uh, the only thing I didn't see was an 890 Jump or a Scythe. Not to mention course, a Phoenix. I was just going to say, and of course, poor Jeff with his Phoenix. Uh, I'm sorry that they didn't offer CCQs. You know, everybody was so worried about those being a limited number, and they didn't even come close to selling out. The last I saw, they still had 3,000 of 5,000 available. I know, available. And, that, and that was part of my argument. I, I know what they were trying to do. They, they didn't want to CCU from an Aurora to a Phoenix. I get that. They could have handled it a whole bit, but you had a limited number of 5,000 hulls. doesn't matter how you purchase them. Could have still had five thousand hulls and kept it a limited number. I didn't think they were going to hit their five thousand mark the way they were going to sell them at three fifty a pop. It's not really a big deal. I'm not even sad about this situation. I can earn the Phoenix. I flew my Connie. Yeah, I, I flew my Connie, Tony. You don't know it was it was <laughs> glorious. So I uh, will know soon. I'm kind of happy either way. I, yes, I do not think that my Connie is going to be what I would go into combat with. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. 
I will say the Andromeda is is much more combat ready than say a Phoenix is. Uh, a Phoenix, you lose a turret, and I think you lose missile rack. But the Andromeda is kind of weak, though. I I just blew through a, a hostile zone, and I, you know the damage that I took alone was just enough to go ah, don't hit me anymore. But then you get All to right, go well, to that sweet repair station. Yeah. Well, we know not to give the keys to when we have to drive the ambulance. You can be in the back with the IV tubes and stuff, Jeff. Uh, I'm fine. I was just, you know, it was just <laughs> flying it the first time. I, you know, actually, after some bad starts and some, you know, I want to fly my Connie and only got to fl- uh, fly it. And it was just, oh, it was sweet, glorious. And Have you gotten out of the seat after you've taken damage and seen the uh, emergency exit lighting? Yes. I did. <laughs> That's I was, just so I rewarding. Was just floating in, I was just, I put it on a slow. What I would like to see is on the interior is a repair tool, something that you can grab and, you know, like lock down some seals. I, there were sparks all over the interior, um, a way to, you know, kind of repair those items so that they'll, you know, quit flashing at you. <laughs> just, it looked like it was straight out of Star Trek. I mean, it, it, they really did a great job on the on the Connie. Yeah, and Jeff, your repair tool is in concept. They have that, that handheld repair tool that uh, they talked about in the design post, so it's coming. Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendlies! So let's just be friendly! I'm say we've run out of jokes to put in this slot and we're making this up as we go along, but all we know is that he's called the Shiv and he helped put together this week's feedback. Last week's community question was 2.0, your thoughts, feelings, hopes, dreams, and your experiences. Let us know. And Dillick starts us off by saying, hey guys, wonderful show. On Thursday, for my amazement, I found a certain email lying in wait in my inbox. After some scares and some time, I had the PU Alpha 2.0.0 downloaded. So, my first experience went like this. Login, run client, login error, close. Login, run client, load up, sound fail. Walk to elevator, punch code to port Oliscar, connection error, back to hangar, crash to desktop, and rinse and repeat. Then I heard it, the sweeping score, waking up in bed, summoning a Connie, flying it around, then disconnection back to hangar, crash to desktop, and so forth. As I was imbued with a sense of purpose, though, I kept trying, and while opening tickets and replicating areas as I could, eventually I found it. The golden moment when you have 15 minutes of gameplay without anything going wrong. Tony, Lennon and Jeff, it's worth it. It's fun, engaging, combat is interesting. The IFCS 2.0 is a blast to use and I saw the game for what it is and it is beautiful, guys. Every ship feels different, the Hornet feels heavy and armoured, the Connie feels big and surprisingly agile. That engine rumble though, wow. I know it's not perfect, but rest assured, all backers are doing what we can do to help CIG with this release. Tony, mini jump points? Uh, uh, not in game. But we'll see you all in the verse. Quit! <laughs> Don't worry, give, give them time, that, that'll be coming in patch uh, M for mini jump points, that's what the M will stand for. <laughs> I can only hope. And Phoenix Roleplaying writes in to say, the PTU version of Alpha 2.0 may have more bugs than an episode of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, but it looks really good. Yeah, well, hopefully, as we've heard from Skiffy, the bugs have been caught in this latest uh, H-patch. Yeah, the the preparation H hopefully will be pushed uh, to live. Hopefully they can squeeze it out um, in time. (laughs) How many more of these do you think we can get through? I don't know, but it's it's rich in fertile ground, let me tell you. Anything anything with an H. (laughs) Uh, speaking of H, it's Haiku Knives. Haiku Knives writes in and says, 
I'm going nuts, trying to place the theme song in the Nuggets piece. In haiku form, even. Yes, it was. Yeah, well, that was great. It's, it's like he's living up to his name. It's really good. Um, the theme tune in Nuggets was either from Police Academy or from Spaceballs, depending on which version of the show you got. Uh, there were two versions that were published to our website because I was trying something new. iTunes picked up one of them. Every other podcaster software picked up the other. So there are actually two different versions of the Nuggets sketch floating out there. So for, for those guard frequency collectors, you know, you can get an achievement if you get all versions. Nice. Odin Omen writes in to says, Y'all are real close to your 100th episode. Phone call, rocket ship, thumbs up, happy face. I'm kind of, I don't know if we should have, like, officially give an apology in advance. Because. Oh, yeah. All that I know is that First First Problems in Shiv said, We've got an idea. Can we have it for the 100th episode? And we were like, Yes. And that was kind of like the last we heard on anything. So, but. I, I have. I have been in contact with uh, Ben First First Problems uh, on a couple things, and I've, I've reluctantly given him what I'm going to call help in uh, little air quotes on a couple of things. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 shenanigans, hooliganism, and tomfoolery. <laughs> uh, let there be no doubt about that. But uh, I, I think it should be a lot of fun, and I liken it to giving them just enough rope to hang themselves. I think that's really <laughs> the that's the management philosophy that I'm using on this on this project here. But it should be it should be a hell of a lot of fun. I'm looking forward. To hearing what they put together and uh, i think everybody else will really enjoy it uh for for the episode 100 should be a good time all right well permanent starlight writes in referring to the cover art for episode 98 and says is that jeff's real hair um it was my real hair that was a picture from 2005 2006 and yes my hair was that long tarka writes in and says and this one is just for tony there's always time for lubricant <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that goes nicely with our preparation age comments this week. So yeah, well, that's why I directed it at you, sir. Because... <laughs> uh, and Ken from Chicago says, "Whoa!" The usually laid-back G Macomb turned red, like literally red with anger. Also, looks like Star Citizen hangers need decorating advice from their FOB pirater consultant. Hint, hint. That's not a bad idea. That could be their next job. And Robbie O'Brien writes in and says, "I did it. I really did it." I found the FPS module! It was behind the fridge. I've got to be honest, I did not look there. Nor did I. And I I think, I mean, there's there's been hullabaloo. There's been, you know, uh, noises made about how, well, there's never going to be an FPS module. You know, that's just been scrapped. I think we kind of have it now. I mean, there is an FPS sort of zone yeah. in on the Crusader map now. I know it's not maybe fully fledged and it doesn't have, you know, objectives and other things like that, but you can shoot a gun and hit people with it and blow stuff up. Are we going to call that the first-person shooter module? For the purposes of our, where the f*** is the first-person shooter module question? I mean, I guess it all depends on what you expect. If you if you thought you were going to, uh, you know, was going to be the back end of the system and you thought you were going to go around and shoot people everywhere you wanted then i don't think we do i think with the first person shooter module the specific module part of it was like arena commander was a module like hangar was a module star marine would have been its own separate module again to some extent area 18 of art corp is its own module you know they're like distinct mm -hmm. parts but i am happy that they have skipped it and integrated it direct Although, at the same time, the, the one thing that really gets me about it, and it wouldn't be complete if we didn't go a whole episode without mentioning a certain name we should not mention, but his very first call was, it's been delayed indefinitely, and as a module, I guess it has. 
but we've got the greater gameplay, which is the most important thing. It, that definitely goes in that guy's he's 10% right column. Yeah, I suppose that's right. It's, it is not going to happen in the way it was originally, quote, sold to us. But in the ways that sort of matter, you can go to a spot and shoot other players now. The Star Marine module where there's Capture the Flag maps and Sataball and Deathmatch and you get points for shooting somebody in the head versus getting him in the chest. I mean, yeah, that's not there. But in the big picture scheme of things, who cares? Uh, I, I think that's where we're at. And, and just as since we're on the subject of that guy, nothing crickets. I mean, the November 30th big deadline came and went. Now, it doesn't mean he can't do anything, because he can drop a lawsuit whenever he feels like it, but if he was gung-ho for it, he would have done it December 1. But he's not gung-ho for it, because stuff's happening. And the flavor changes when there's an activity, and it's activity that's showing progress. And, like, we're making this happen. The, uh, the evidence is that people are playing a, a game. Yeah, it's alpha. Yeah, it's unpolished. Yeah, there's server crashes, but... Here's a track record of a week of constant improvements where day one, you can't even get logged in. Day eight, you're playing for 30 minutes at a time and running your Connie through the gauntlet of bad guys blowing you up. And then you go to a repair station and watch the bots fix your ship. It's so, so cool. I, yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard to it's hard to convince uh, a jury or a judge that things are, you know, things are really awful when things are improving, when there's motion, when there's change, when there's progress. Like I said, he, he can still pull the trigger any time, but if he was really gung-ho for it, he would have done it December 1. Our new Patreons this week is Endelt Sabenga. hope I said that right and didn't put your name like I normally do. And the winners of a brand new patch are Tim! May or may not be an enchanter. And we won't do a community question this week since we'll probably have forgotten it by the time we get around to episode 101. But we welcome any questions, comments, uh, snide remarks, uh, anything that you want to direct to us. And we'll read it on our next show. I don't know if there's going to be a feedback portion of episode 100. They may be soliciting special feedback for that. But in any event, the channels are always open. Feel free to write to us. So how is the show? Were we solid like 2.0 patch G? Or should we start checking our nightly build process? Either way, let us know. Here are some ways you can get in touch with us. Check out our forum post at forums.robertspaceindustries.com. You can leave a comment on this episode's show notes at guardfrequency.com. You can also subscribe to us at feeds.guardfrequency.com or find us on iTunes. You can hit us up on Twitter at guardfreak or leave a comment and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash guardfreak. And if you're old school like us, shoot an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. Your feedback's an important part of what we do, so take a minute. Tell us what's on your mind. And that brings us to the end of episode 99 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back, well, First First and Shiv will be back with episode 100 on December 15th. So be sure to keep an eye out for our shows on our website, guardfrequency.com, or the official Robert Space Industries fan site subforum. Do you like what we do? Do you want to come and help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? If so, just send a note to squawk at guardfrequency.com. And don't forget about our sister production, Priority One. They cover all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMOs, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. So be sure to track them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Are you looking for a friendly wingman or two? Check out our organization, Guard Frequency Response, at the official RSI website, RobertSpaceIndustries.com, forward slash orgs, forward slash Guard Freak. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, our artist, Ben Sanders and Simon Charlton Edwards, our staff writer, Jeff Grant, and our audio engineer, Michael Duncan. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. 
no one's listening out there, Deep Black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust! 10 to 330, carol 1-5, squawk 7700. Stay on the curve. So the first caller that we got on the line is a gentleman by the name of Titus Krager. Hi, Titus. That's your cue. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it, it <laughs> helps when you unmute your your mute button. 